Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. With the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980 just the tip of the very large iceberg, were there incidents before and after that we know little or nothing about? Is there any connection with ghosts, black dogs, and continued military activity in the area? Hello there, and welcome to the 324th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those intriguing questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. But tonight, we have two old friends back with us this evening, Peter Robbins and Larry Warren, and they are very familiar to our longtime listeners. And for many hours, uh, they have spent, or for the many hours, they have spent with us on CBS Radio and Achieve Radio discussing the Rendlesham Forest UFO cases. So check out the 16 hours of podcasts at the Rendlesham Show's link at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, Peter Robbins is a renowned investigative writer and UFO expert from New York City, or actually Ithaca, New York. And uh, Larry Warren is a former U.S. Air Force security officer and an eyewitness to the Brendelsham Forest UFO incidents of 1980. The two men co-authored the best-selling book, Left at East Gate, about the case, an altogether amazing book from which many of tonight's questions, at least tonight's questions from Ben and I, uh, arise. So, Larry and Peter, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Thanks, guys. Wonderful to be back. Okay. Me too. Now, fellas, uh, we, we were overwhelmed by the number of uh, questions in advance here, and we apologize to many of our UK listeners. Uh, that apparently, there's a problem with some reception there. We'll get into that later. But uh, at one point or another on the show, uh, in the past, we've dealt with the facts of the case, the cover-up, every possible angle with every witness we could get to come on the air, and joined by every famous Uf- UFO expert but Santa Claus. So l- let's just revisit that for a moment and find out what is the current state. What is state. behind the paranormal? So yeah, well, well, actually, let, let, let's ask first, what, what is the current state? Of this case, the, the investigation, the uh, where you fellows have gone with it, where others have gone with it. Uh, Larry, I guess you'd probably be, um, why don't we start with you and then we'll, we'll certainly go to Peter. Hi, Mike. You know, it's good to be back on your show. Uh, it's always good to have you. And, and from this side of the pond for once, it's been a long time since I've been home. Yeah. I'm in the state. Nice to be home, you know. Uh, where I'm at with it, you know, I'm not, you know, the, the misconception in this stuff is I live in this thing every day and I, I, I don't pursue these things. You know, I respect you guys. Peter Robbins, to me, is one of the top dogs, great researcher, great human being. Um, and the, the current state of it, you know, this, I got on the computer only two years ago. I really hate them. And so, I, I don't know really what to say about what's been going on right now with it. I, it's a little depressing, and uh, not me personally. I think for really more for everyone that uh, has followed this through the years, or maybe you know, because it really is the I, I think the top tier uh, incidents in this subject where you get accountability because of all the people involved in it. And uh, I have a busy life. I don't live in this. I don't know what happened. Um, when I did, we, Peter and I were just talking a bit ago, and um, when I wrote the book with Pete, I, mean, I started a year before I knew him because I'd been misrepresented a few books before that by '86, and um, I, 
you know, I thought to myself, I said, I need a you know, really good, uh, you know, guy to come on board with this. I'm not a trained writer by any means. And uh, then uh, when I did the, uh, I look back on that book and I read it and I just see it, a lot of the early chapters I wrote were written by a real angry young guy. I'm in my 50s. I wrote that when I was in my 20s, you know, I think most of it. Yeah. And um, so I, there were errors, uh, you know, certain like, like uh, Ronald Reagan wasn't president when the event happened. Jimmy Carter was still on his way out. But you'll have this when you write a book. You'll, you, you, errors happen, you know, and I see, see some people swinging like chimps on a tree. But, you know, let them do one and let people pick them like vultures, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad we did it. The book, to me personally, was a catalyst to get other people to come forward, you see. And that was my only motive. If people say we're in it for money, well, I'm waiting for the payout. So <laughs> waiting for the check. It was really the, it was really the, the checks we were in it for, you yeah. see. And, uh, that I hear you, buddy. Either. It didn't yeah. work out on either front. It was an important thing to do, and I, I'm the one that blew the whistle on it, as we know. I get credit for that. It's very nice. Someone had to do it. Uh, and it's funny. I'm sitting here with my mom. I haven't seen her in a long time. And she's 79 on uh, Monday, and sharp oh, as a wit. And we're sitting worse. talking before. Yeah. I had to explain what a, doing the radio on the uh, phone is and who's paying for it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, she's a retired folks. And uh, she just summed up the whole Rendlesham thing in five minutes to me. And, you know, being her son, and also being that I called this lady within four hours of my involvement, Mr. Peniston, in the event. And she was the first I ever told about it within four hours, and her friend Sue was here, right where I'm at now, and I called her and got cut off on the phone, you know. And uh, But I think the wisdom comes with age, because my mom now, and it comes with age, and she just summed it up for me in a personal conversation. It was brilliant, you know. I don't know what it was. I don't pretend to know what it was. I'd like to know uh, someday. I know some very bad things happened to a number of us by federal intervention after it, and that's been verified in Mr. Holt uh, with uh, meddling and mind control, and and I will correct a few guys out there. They weren't given sodium pentothal shots. They were given sodium amethol shots, and that's what should be looked at. And amethol, from what I found out, uh, you know how certain people say they were given sodium pentothal? was not. Amethol, you are highly susceptible to uh, suggestion. And yeah. Things. So, and how do I know? I've been approached by people within the last two years. I was with a CID detective from Leeds, England, who was a witness to it. And that a lot of things kind of explain. It's very dark. It's very ugly. And my mom just said to me, "It's so funny. You know, we all have parents and all that. And, you know, we we don't bring this up. It's really been a, a thorn in the side of my family. I did a lot of that to them, I think. And." By proxy, they experienced a lot of the dark days of all this. I think a lot of it's covered in left at his gate. Oh, very much so. You know, it's very as as I as I told you off the air. I feel I feel as though I know your mother, because yeah, uh, to you, you know, I, yeah, it, the book was written story. in a very personal and compassionate way. Uh, my mother would call BS on me in two seconds. Let me tell you yeah. what, she wouldn't a heartbeat, as most of our mothers would. And uh, you know, and. At the, the end of the day, all you're left with is your human condition. I, the, what saddens me, I'm going to shut up in a minute, is the, uh, I went through with, and I had an experience earlier, right? And I, I saw what I saw or what it was put in my head to see one of the two. There were evidence to the spot where we saw it that was scientifically analyzed. 
and that was all sorted out. Now, that's up to people to figure out, because I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but there was the mind control element to this on a number of people, not just myself. And that's where, and of course, they would do that, and they do do these things, they, whoever they may be. And I think that's the angry part. What brings me down now, and I've always taken the high road with these other guys, I've always supported the witnesses, even if they weren't public, and now they've come out and there's certain things going on. And, you know, quite frankly, I can take heat because I've been, you know, I built the stage on which uh, a couple of them are dancing nowadays. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's true. And I can take any kind of heat, but I don't like my friends getting slammed or any other witnesses getting slammed because they don't fit the protocol that's currently being bandied about. That may be true, but uh, the goodwill uh, for me is somewhat drained right now on uh, yeah. a couple people. And, and I'm, you know, I like to hire Grant, and I give absolute respect. Things happen. We're all damaged. But uh, to start suggesting that, you know, I just made up something and before anyone knew of anything and heard it from some guy in a pub, and then first the first person I lied to was the lady wandering around the living room here uh, within hours. <laughs> I mean, you know, I fine. You want to go ride that bike, you do it. But um, yeah, I'm proud of what we did. It's tiring. It's a toxic event. There's nothing entertaining to me about it. It's not fun. It might be fun for people to look at this stuff as a hobby. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad as the you know, listen. I want to know what went on. If someone claims they have all the answers, I, I want to know. And uh, fine. And if everything was plugged in my head, that kind of distorted you, I want to know that too. But I deserve yeah. justice. So does everyone that was else that deserves justice. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Larry, I'm going to uh, slow you down. The whole thing. I'm going to slow you down here a little bit because we had a break coming up. I just wanted to just mention that uh, I'd like to get uh, Peter's comment on just sort of the current state of affairs and then get back to our script uh, and and start uh, asking some of the questions that people have written in. So, Peter, just uh, briefly, what's your take on, on the whole situation right now? Where does it stand in 2012? Yeah. Um, well, of course, you remember better than anybody the absolutely historic series of shows that we did leading up to the actual 30th anniversary of the event uh, in December of 1980. And, of course, there was a conference to mark that in England on December 28, uh, 2010, uh, which included myself and Larry, uh, John Burroughs and Jim Penniston, also witnesses, uh, Linda Howe, who has done some fine work and was working with them at the time, and then... For the questions and answers, we were joined by Nick Pope, certainly well-known to many people in your audience and formerly of the Ministry of Defense. And one of the things that caught um, us and the audience of about 400 people uh, quite by surprise that night was um, Jim Penniston's telling us for the first time in any public forum that when he touched the craft on the first night, he received a binary downloaded message into his mind um, from the intelligences behind the event. And they were not aliens. They were time travelers from our future. But he regretted that he could not share that message with us as much as he wanted to because of a uh, commitment with um, a, a production company that was doing a television uh, that was broadcast on the History Channel. And in that show, we did not learn the depth of this either because of another commitment. So um, at first, um, I, I guess I was as surprised as anyone um, being like Larry 
um, not aware of the actual forces that caused this event. And we're very clear in Left at Eastgate on what we are able to establish as absolute fact and particularly proud of the scientific uh, results of um, analysis of physical evidences that in no uncertain terms locate a truly anomalous event that had remarkable impact on the soil where the craft sat in the Absolutely. event. Larry I'm afraid I have to stop you there, Larry. We'll, we'll come back to this, and uh, we've got, we got a hard break here. We'll be right Understood. back. Okay, we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our guests, Peter Robbins and Larry Warren. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. Tell you, but I want to. I'm scared of what you say, so I'm happy. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and we are back, and we had to interrupt Peter in the middle of his, uh, his explanation. Peter, please pick up where you left off about the, the, the current state of the Rendlesham situation, investigation, yeah. cover up what you found, etc. Before we move well, on to our um, questions. Yeah, since that announcement, um, I think like everybody else that's interested in really what happened there, um, I am looking forward to uh, Jim and um, John Burroughs making the presentation where they have said numerous times online that they will offer categoric this event known as the Rendlesham Forest incident was the work of time travelers from our future. Well, they're going to be out with us next week. The time travelers? Jim and John, not the time travelers. Oh, oh, Uh, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Yeah. And, um, again, for me, um, they've bitten off a big piece because I don't know how one can establish this in, you know, kind of a courtroom setting beyond any reasonable doubt. Um, what I am saddened by is that um, for months now, they have been questioning Larry's veracity as a witness, um, my uh, skills as an investigative writer, um, were disallowed from responding on their Facebook page to these accusations. And so we're simply doing our best to stay focused on the presentation we'll be doing um, at this big return conference on June 16th and 17th back in the village of Woodbridge, uh, the town of Woodbridge, which is the closest town to where these events happen in mm-hmm. Suffolk, England. Yeah. Uh, we wish them the best on their presentation and look forward to hearing it. But again, um, it does sadden us, uh, these constant attacks on us um, leading up to these events, and um, we will address them all when we uh, make our presentation on Sunday, uh, June 17th. Okay. wish we could be there. We, we, we'll be in the U.K. in September, but I think we'll miss the conference. Anyway, yeah. uh, fellas, uh, th- this is from Hans in the Netherlands, and Hans has he says he's got uh, sort of a, not a direct question, but sort of a thought which he hopes you will respond to. Uh, ben, if it's all the same to you, I'll read this because it's it's the no, English go, is a go little for bit. It. Okay, go for it. all right. Um, I know uh, Spurgeon's on Hans's English, but it's a little bit convoluted. Anyway, when you Larry were together, then th- th- this has. To, I'm reading this first because this had to do with the actual case. I want to move on from the actual case uh, with the future uh, emails we're going to read here. Anyway, when you Larry were together with Adrian Bastinza and all those other men at that field. After that ball of light had exploded into a shower of rainbow-colored shards, you saw Wing Commander Gordon Williams arrive at the scene. And at some point after that, you saw that he had spoken with the other officers, and he approached what looked like a craft and had a kind of face-to-face meeting with one of those beings, uh, also called a silent face-off or perhaps even a telepathic conversation. So far, none of all those other people has come forward to confirm that it was indeed Williams who was at that scene that night. Only Adrian Bastinza had come forward by saying that it was Colonel Halt and not Williams. Is it not possible that especially because it was Williams himself, and especially because he had a sort of conversation with the alien being, all was done and used where... Un- uh, I'm to get through this. Perhaps even 
very heavy threatening of the other witnesses to keep especially that part of the RFI as good as possible under wraps. In other words, uh, he seems to, to believe you, your story and that none of the others came through perhaps because of uh, pressure. All right. And uh, Hans continues, and because you still stand alone in this, things are set in motion now to bring you as much possible into discredit for the coming conference in June in England, question mark. Did, did you get all that? Well, that's a bleeding long question, Hans, in the Netherlands. Yeah. A lot of brothers in uh, Maastricht and uh, Amsterdam, lovely. The uh, Oh, man, you know, I could go over that one. I, I think he's asked me this, uh, Hans, on the uh, FB there. Oh, really? Uh, okay. I, maybe. You know, it's, uh, it's a good question. Uh, it's not really that limited. You know, there's always been the controversy on Gordon Williams. I met him on the day. I have nothing, you know, why he put someone in something. Uh, there's no reason he wouldn't have been there, you see. And there, if you were the wing commander, uh, I, excellent, excellent question. Bring me the, uh, I'll end it with this. Uh, I don't stand alone. I publicly probably stand a little alone currently. Uh, as far as the, uh, the other two there, uh, bringing me into discredit, uh, look, I was the first one out the gate with this thing, and I've taken the bullets for, what, 32 years? It's just a matter of uh, the bullets don't penetrate. I'm still here. Mm. I stand here. I've never been proven a liar. And there was a lot of manipulation after. I'm not saying it is dead on, as I recall, you see. And you're getting into a lot of complicated areas. As far as Gordon Williams being there, he's a wing commander. He was on the base. He would have come out there. He didn't just listen on a radio, as they've said. And just as the wing, I'll go further than that, is that... Um, and <clears throat> Colonel Hall, I wouldn't have confused him for Hall because Williams is tall. Halt is maybe around my height. I didn't see Halt even though he was out there because I know Bruce England joined him. And I know the other two have not spoken to Bruce at all. I know that. Let and, me ask you something. Isn't Colonel Halt a little bit kind of on the short side and, and, and General Williams is kind of rather tall? Am I oh, not kind of. I mean, Halt's about my height, 5'8", and then okay. Williams is a tall guy. Right. And... Uh, and there was another commander on the base that is similar to Williams, that was similar, but I, I don't believe it made the error. And, but then again, you have the MK, or the mind control things that went on to a number of us. So I, I'm, again, very open-minded. There wasn't communication. There wasn't, that's something that people put out as different information, hand signals and all this stuff. But there was a phenomena there, and there were senior people that were present. And Mr. Burroughs, there were cameras there because I've seen that stuff. And there was pictures taken, and which um, and the film, it wasn't taped. The film was flown off that base because Captain Mike Verano drove the wing commander, Gordon Williams, to a waiting F-15, probably, that flew it to Germany. Hmm. And he says so right on CNN. And you know what? Hell with this conference in June. It's going online. And uh, these are witnesses that have spoken long before these other guys did, 27 years ago on CNN, uh, highest-rated specialist time. And, you know, you can just do this ad nauseum, you know. I'm yeah, absolutely. years yeah. old, you know. Yeah. And I don't care what this is. You know, I mean, I know it, it's real. I know John and Jim had experience. I know it. I know John had contact. I know that. As okay. far as Jim, I don't know what to say. I, I don't... Again... Well, we'll hear from we're, the, we're, we're, we're not on the step out. Even Peter's a step out of this. He can only yeah, feel and, it. And may, 
you know, and I, I, no, no one can know what it was like being on that base. Yeah. But when that event, those events happened, whatever they were, that base was different after that. Now, I brought up to Mr. Pennison a number of questions about uh, a guy named Mark Rees. Now, Mark Rees ended up in the back line where Jim was working, too. And he never sent me on TDY, Jim. He never had to because someone else is running me. I hope he hears this. I know he will. They're listening. And, you know, the nastiness between the witnesses, when I say this is so toxic, people started to get really together with what the MK stuff was, mind control stuff was, and then see where the crux of the thing is, what the, yeah. the core incidents, what was that. And the way it's going right now, I'm afraid it's, you know, it's going to be a, a you know, piss fight, you know, forever. And with everybody, you know, it's not just me getting laid out by certain people. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shame it's not a perfect world. It's a subject that would be covered up, and the, the method methodology is still in place. It's happening right now. The disinformation, the, uh, the, the slagging off, and, you know, someone in Washington or wherever, Dr. Evil, whoever runs all this, is rubbing <laughs> their tentacles with glee because all of us, all of us are witnesses, people involved, people from the 81st, are absolutely going to script. We are absolutely doing it. So it's coming, everything Jim says, could be the binary and all that, and I don't know anything about the subject matter, uh, could be dead on, just, just right, and, you know, great, you know, good Lord, what, a, what an amazing thing. But because there's so many guys coming out now, do you think this is going to be allowed to happen? We're going to train Rick. The human condition's going to ruin RFI, and it'll go the way of Roswell, and we'll all leave little letters when we're drooling old men, which we're <laughs> not far off from, yeah. and that our lawyers will open them, and then we'll we'll just say what we've probably all been saying, or okay. some people will say, I was a fat all all along, and I feel guilty, I don't want to get a UFO lying hell, and, you know, oh, we're oh. all going to be dead, and you know what, people will still be talking about all this in 50 years. And well, I hear you, Larry. I hear, well, we know the break true. coming up. People want to, you know, have excitement over it, and it's all yeah. fun. Well, it's not been fun for me and my family. I'm sure it's not been fun for Jim Tennyson, his family, or John, or Halt, or any of them, you know? At yeah. one time or another... We were just guys, you know? Yeah. And then well, I'm afraid I, we have to wrap for a break. I'm, yeah. I'm resented yeah. for it, you know, because I led people to stuff, you know. Yeah, Larry, I'm sorry. We have to wrap for another break. When we come back, I'd like to get farther into this and beyond the actual case into other things that may have been happening that are related and may be going on and the, the iceberg, as we mentioned at the beginning right of the show. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. We will be right back. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you run a business, offer legal advice, enrich your relationships, or guide you on the right career path. Our coaches are expert professionals in their field to help you win the game of life. Listen to Coach Me Radio, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Take CBS Radio to Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. 
And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected. CBS Radio, The Sky, and NewSkyRadio.com are presented only for entertainment purposes, and advice should not be used in place of appropriate medical, financial, legal, or other professional counseling. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. And we are discussing the Rendlesham case with our old friends and comrades, Peter Robbins and Larry Warren. And we're going to try to get back to the script here, and Ben's got our first question. So time for something completely different. (laughs) All right, so in Left at East Gate, there is an amazing account of your first visit to Rendlesham Forest together in 1988 and uh, running into what almost sounds like a repeat of the main incidents in 1980. Can you tell us about that night? Uh, I'd like well, to take you that. Do that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Boy. You know, um, and John Larry, like a beaten ear. <laughs> yeah. Leading Go up ahead, to uh, that, that very first visit, um, and we had gotten into England uh, the day before, made our way out to Suffolk the next day, and that night we were out at the base. Uh, had uh, an amazing experience for me to be walked around these locations that I knew, and on our way back to our bed and breakfast, a mile or so away. We had nothing short of a multiple UFO incident. Um, I've had people say to me, gee, how cool, you know, for you as a writer to have a, a, an event like that happen while you were there. And by the way, it was recorded as it was happening. Um, and I say, think again. Um, it's our first night of our very first visit back to this location. I'm with a witness who is already very outspoken, the whistleblower on the case, the only one to have fully come forward at that time, and we have this event. Um, I was really, really shocked, and whether or not these phenomena that we were seeing are some advanced kind of thing that we have or uh, uh, other intelligences, I don't know. It happened within close proximity to the base, and we saw everything from star-sized things that were zipping around at right angles to a fully articulated disc come down into the forest and light it up like a hundred Klieg lights in a row uh, to something appearing at the far end of the field where we were. It was extremely upsetting. Those uh, green fireballs with the tails winding around the... uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the account is literally replicated in the book. And I, frankly, had thought that by now somebody would come forward and say, I don't. I think you guys were full of it and you made it up, you know, for effect. Well, um, if anybody feels that way, please let me know. And if anybody wants to pay for having um, that first generation... people that feel that way, mate. <laughs> well, maybe. But um, if anybody wants to um, pick up the tab on having those first-generation audio tapes put through voice stress analysis, or um, I'd be happy to take a lie detector test. I'm sure Larry would, too. Um, but you're right. And Larry oh, basically happened. apologized to me after it happened. He said, I, sold, I told you we were going to see something here, but I had no idea it was going to be this. And how you can treat it the way you want. And I thought we have only three choices. We can ignore it, which for me would be a terrible lie by omission, 
Or I could just mention casually at the end of a paragraph, oh, yeah, on the first night of our first visit to the location, we saw 30 UFOs, <laughs> or take the months necessary to listen to those audio tapes. And we had a lot of wind ripping across the top of the microphone. It sounded very dramatic, but it made certain things difficult to hear. And to put them together and recreate that experience with no editorializing, nothing added for the readers. And um, that is just what we did. What it was, Peter, we do, do you, not do you know. What, what did I do, Pete? What did I do that upset you a bit when that was all going off? What did I do, mate? Well, uh, part of your reaction <laughs> you was like you started it. yelling at him and saying, you know, why... why Keeper, I ran off toward it. I was going to kick its ass. I, I, I swear, at that moment, I didn't know whether I was more scared of being taken to Mars or picked up by Air Force security, but I remember putting my hand on your shoulder and saying something to the effect of, think about what you're doing. You know, don't well, this, walk this, toward I, it. I, I have to add, this didn't happen in the forest where the incidents happened. This happened at the Ike side, the lower end of the RAF Bentwaters Woodbridge, in a stand of pine trees, and there was a security police perimeter patrol the bases were still active then, had stopped, and they were definitely watching this thing go off. Oh, yeah. And, and we talked about that, that on the tape. Uh, definitely there watching it. And uh, yeah. it happened, and that's it, you know. I mean, it's, it's the way it was. And uh, we kept thinking, well, maybe we could fudge this. I remember Peter was so concerned <laughs> with every good reason. And Peter was like, maybe we should say it was the second night. And I, but it wasn't true. It was the first night. Well, oh, let, me show, let me tell you what we're you getting know, at uh, here. Larry brings up a very important point there, and I write about it, that at a certain point I thought, good God, if we're going to go public with this, maybe we should say it happened on the third night. And then I caught myself and said, you know, if you lie, you're a liar. It doesn't matter if it's in the service of a more noble truth. And I am very proud of the fact that in more than 30 years in this field, I have never, ever lied. I mean, it makes it easier. You never have to remember anything, as they say. But this was a perfect example of saying... If we present this, it's going to sound so untenable. Maybe we should tell the truth, but say it happened a day or two later. You can't do that. And so we did the right thing. And I just wish you and uh, your dad could have been with us, and then we could have been rambling on together. By the way, I think uh, we could have asked for a grant from any of the major cigarette companies uh, for the amount of cigarettes we smoked during <laughs> that uh, encounter. I'm glad to say I've stopped now, and Larry, stop soon, brother. Uh, I might have taken it up. Well, so this is the, the point. What we're trying to get at here is that there's a lot more to this whole case than a lot of people realize. Yes. You know, yeah, my, my, Paul, my mom just said exactly what you're saying. She said to me, she goes, and, you know, I'm a son, and she looks at me and she said, uh, simple thing. She goes, I think there's a lot more to this that you don't even remember or know, and probably the same with everyone else. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, the entire Woodbridge Bentwaters area seems to be an extend, extended or semi-permanent flap. You know, a place where, in our terms, we would we would say many parallel worlds overlap and interact for an extended period. I mean, anything can happen, and apparently does. UFOs, time slips, ghosts, poltergeists, black dog phenomena, witchcraft. This has all come up in in, in your book, uh, all the way to secret bases where governments or maybe something beyond governments, know all about this and would just love to harness the power for military systems. That ring a few bells? It does, you well, know, and for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must say, after our first trip there, I felt I, if I ever returned to England, which was questionable, I would never want to go within about, oh, 50 miles or so of this area. And you know what? 
it's become a second home to me. Yeah. The witches and the black dogs and the women with no face, um, they're all part of my family now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's the most positive attitude I can think of. Well, we're, we're, we're planning to get there ourselves in September. As a matter of fact, uh, the same folks who are organizing your conference are hoping to set up some kind of talk for us, for you know people listening in the area. And uh, yeah. we can see what we can see and, uh, you know, do this, something this ourselves. In June, if I may say, you know, that, that is going on. That, that was, uh, I came up with the idea with Gordy Goodger, who was the promoter of this event in June. And initially, it was a general conference, you see, and I wanted to bring Travis Walton back to England for the first time since his film, He's a Hero of Mine, since yep. Fire of the Sky came out, you see. And it was supposed to be a general thing in the, the shadow of the bases and try to build something, a forum there, you know, and John and Jim were last December. And then as time went on, John and Jim got involved in it and with the, the thing that they're going to do. And I just, I, I look for, you know, and it's, it's just gotten a bit ugly, you know, I think, and out of control. And I don't know. And I, I, you know, I just wish they'd focus on their important work, as I'm told it is, and just stop. You know, you know, lighting people. Yeah. Well, as I say, I'm building uh, bridges, mate. You know, it's burning them. Jim uses that expression. Well, you know what? A lot of bridges getting burnt, brother. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, this seems to be, then, you know, and it's a shame. Mate. One would hope we would stand in humility before these things, you know. Oh, oh thank you, toxic. Man. And Rendlesham is a toxic, ugly, nasty thing, and I don't care how many rainbows you want to come out your butt about it. <laughs> it is nasty, toxic, and a lot of nasty people involved in it Deliberately. for a lot of nasty reasons. I'm not yeah. saying I'm a saint either at all. Yeah. It's just, it, it, you know, there's a sign in Vermont I saw in a small town, and it, it was on the back of a Cadillac, a bumper sticker, and it said, for such a small town, it sure has a lot of a-holes, right? Yeah. And I always say, for such a small base, it, has, it sure had a lot of a-holes. And, right. Well, anyway, here's a here's a question, uh, Larry and, and, and uh, Peter, from Dave in the U.K. Let's see where he is. All right. Um, I would like to know if Peter has researched uh, the U.K., Police officer, the Alan Gordon or the Alan Godfrey case. It took place just a few weeks before Rendlesham, uh, November twenty eighth, nineteen eighty, uh, just one hundred and twenty miles north of Rendlesham. And there are similarities in the case: uh, missing time, other policemen uh, seeing seeing lights moving fast and erratically in the sky, uh, similar to those that Halt and his men saw. Yes, and a dead body um, as well. A murder actually involved in that too. A, a, a murder? Yeah, uh, really. Indeed, if I can just grab it a second, yeah, I, please. I know we. Alan is another. When I say hero, I don't use it in a light word. Yeah. I mean he's a, he's a hero, a very quiet Yorkshireman, you know. And uh, he got he got the rough end of the plank, man. After that, from the police force he was on. And Alan, when I had the honor of meeting Alan Godfrey some years ago, ten years ago, I think. He um, he said to me, you know, mate, because I always thought my experience was connected to what happened to you guys, and just a simple statement. And uh, but absolutely a real deal guy. But there was a body found on top of a coal uh, mining tip. The coal industry was still in effect in England before Margaret Thatcher or Meryl Streep destroyed it. And uh, they a body was found sitting in. There's such a backstory that's yet to be written about that event. I'm not sure a book's ever come out. That wasn't. to interrupt you. That wasn't by the name of Adamski, the victim. Exactly. Oh my gosh! I know just what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of weird backstory with that. Wow. MI6 backstory. uh, You know the secret British government. 
stuff. And, you know, that poor guy, you know, was just out patrol looking for lost cows. And, you know, kaboom, there's the guy there. And, you know, there are similarities with that, you know, Johan thing he met on that craft. And he, Alan said, he said, you know, I don't know about this kind of thing, you know. And he, Yorkshire guy's very proud, you know. And uh, he, he said, I thought they were dogs, these things, these little guys. And I hate speaking for someone else, but he told me, he said, I thought they were animals, dogs. But then this, he said what scared me more was this tall human thing. And uh, that was also a human-like person, you know. I mean, I, my heart goes out to that guy. Has not had yeah. a good life from this, you know. End of. God bless him. Have to decide well, let me just ask that. that. Um, uh, first, Dave, thanks for your question. Um, to the specifics, I had my hands full with the investigation I was conducting of the events in Suffolk, so never investigated Alan Godfrey's case, but hold it in tremendous esteem and have nothing but respect and admiration for this man who, like Larry, uh, had the courage to come forward as somebody in an official realm, in Larry's case as an Air Force security police officer, in Alan's case as a serving member of the British Constabulary. And, of course, you know, was ridiculed tremendously. Uh, but, and sorry, so Larry, seeing... you're always the lucky one to get interrupted by the break. We have another break. Yeah, so I'm right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and okay. Ben on CBS News Sky Radio and State with us, please. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We are talking with Peter Robbins and Larry Warren about the deeper implications of the Reynolds from Forest incidents and other incidents around the area. Okay, and one of the big issues, fellas, uh, that comes out of your book, Left at East Gate, uh, to me, was the implication that this underground base uh, that has been speculated about and that uh, Larry feels that he was part of, you know, after the actual incident in 1980, uh, at Woodbridge or Bentwaters, might still be functioning, even though the bases themselves are are seemingly closed. Do you believe that, and what could be going on there? I, I, if, can I get this... uh, where I've come to now, you see, in that book, I wrote chapters literally by hand and then threw them aside. I mean, I wanted to get past all that, but I wanted to be in the moment, how I was at that time for an untrained writer, right? So I wrote all that and got by it. But if you go through that book and you'll see certain regressions with someone I respected, the late Brett Hopkins, you start to see that a lot of that could, there is an underground part of that base. There's no doubt. We know it from PSA guys that work there people in the area, all that. Can I prove it? No, I can't. I wouldn't have the time anyway. But there is an underground part of the air wing intelligence. Now, there's a lot of things that came up that where I do believe, did alien base or a non-human base under that base, oh, a little too, I don't, if it is true, then we're screwed. But uh, <laughs> And the other way is that if you read our book and don't try to spin it and uh, have people not, it, I call it the book that one must not mention now, you know, I, mm. and um, very middle, middle ages kind of flavor to it nowadays. And um, we'll, uh, were, with the MK stuff, they're very important, mind control stuff that went on, established, it happened, happened to me and a lot of other people, and people that probably don't think they even got it that hard, they did. And, you know, we have revelations, too, and uh, but we're more human-based. And 
there was clinical things where, you know, honestly, there were things plugged in that you'd sound like a, a raving lunatic. And, you know, I was compelled for a number of reasons. The abuses went on on that base afterward. It's in my nature. Uh, would I have had a career in the Air Force? I don't know. Uh, don't know, because uh, that happened. Uh, and now there's issues about, you know, was I clear to be on duty? If you, in my book, I have my documents that stole some of them. The rest are held by NSA. It's established fact, and they're classified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Colonel Holt said something some years ago. He said, in all my years in the military, and I'll quote him here. This is nothing off the record. He said, when I called DOD, I never have gotten a response back quicker than when I mentioned Larry Warren. Now, I don't think I'm that important, but that's what he said, and I believe, Peter, he said it to you, too, at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, and he did. He was quite open about it. He's always been open about the mind control uh, element of this stuff, the meddling, he uses the expression. And he's 100% right, and we've always been on the page, the same page on that. Now, there were incidents. That does not take away from the forest. As far as an underground base and this, whatever that... I, I have a belief in my heart that that was plugged in, but then there's other elements that worry me, you know. At the end of the day, we got screwed with. There were core events that happened, and then obviously the people that control this stuff, you know, come into a base. We're military, and so we have no recourse. Uh, but I just got more angry and angry and angry and angry and stayed angry for the next 25 years anyway. And mm -hmm. uh and I saw misdeeds. You know, I'll tell you another hero with this stuff is uh, Adrian Bastinza. And yes. if you listen, you know, all highest respect to that guy and all the fellows that went through this. And uh, because it was damaging, man, you know, on a human level. When I talk about justice, we're not going to get it from people from the future, or aliens or whatever the hell it is. I don't know what this is. I never have said it's people from Planet X. I have always said, in fact, in the book, said it could be a phenomenon much closer to us than we realize. I'm not an expert on it. I know it's real since I was a kid. And at the end of the day, and I'll just shut up after this, and may they all hear it, is that I set out to do what I did. It was an unwritten script. It led to where it led. One of my best mates, Pete Jones, the other night, last night, goes, I remember in 81, you sitting on our couch, we having a few beers, and you said, you'll never believe what happened to me. And he said, Larry, we, laughed, we thought it was the best one you ever came out with. We laughed, and you know, no one laughs anymore, obviously, with the mm. thing. But in all the things I went through, I met some of the greatest and nastiest people on the planet and have had experience I never would have had. I didn't seek it out. Never made money from this at all. There's no money in this. If you're looking for money, don't go this route. Uh, two marriages down the drain. I mean, this, this stuff happens in life and all. Yeah. But it all, and I thought of this, what was the value I've gotten out of this? I mean, health effect, exposure to an uh, unshielded nuclear device, documented, so I made that up. Eyes blasted real bad physical, medical, documented effects, not made up in a book, not any of that, true. So where did I get it? Jump in a microwave, didn't do that. <laughs> but it all led me to one place, and I, I think back, and I said the investment, the time, the obsession, what we did, not to be unknown anything, had to be done, had to open the gates, for okay. to use the phrase. Fellas, I'm afraid, I'm afraid my we're son out made. of time. We're out of time, fellas. I'm going to have to ask you, I just wanted, wanted to give you a second to talk about the conference, when it's going to occur, and uh, yep. go right ahead. It, 
It will be uh, happening in Suffolk, England, in East Anglia, uh, and uh, that will be occurring on June 16th and 17th of this uh, coming year. Uh, for anybody that's interested, Google Rendlesham Forest UFO Conference. Get your tickets. It's going to be absolutely historic. Travis Walton will be speaking in the United Kingdom for the first time in 19 years, and for the first time ever, um, uh, former Captain Robert Salas, who was involved in the 1967 Maelstrom Air Force Base UFO uh, nuclear incident directly, and co-wrote a marvelous book on the subject, mm. um, um, will also be speaking, as will a number of other experts, authorities. It's going to be a weekend not to forget. And have us back after the event so we can do a wrap with you guys. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it all I in my son, and I do it all again. The end. Very good, Larry. <laughs> hey, fellas, we love you both, and we're going to have you back real soon. Yes. Thank we you, love guys. You too. Too. Okay. Yeah, and also, uh, for everyone's uh, information, uh, behindtheparanormal.com, we have several links to the Reynoldsham Conference site, so check that out. Okay, we're out of time, folks. Uh, uh, we're just going to move right on. Just check out my books, please, uh, on uh, e-reader from um, Nook, Barnes & Noble Nook, and Kindle. And uh, contact us through, of course, BehindTheParanormal.com, our website. So many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you next Sunday, March 11th, when my dad and I will continue this discussion with uh, the Rendlesham Forest UFO witnesses Jim Penniston and John Burroughs. Once again, leading up to the Rendlesham Conference 2012 in England in June. And in the meantime, tune into our Boston Pro- Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we leave you with a thought from the great American author and anti-slavery leader Frederick Douglass. If there is no struggle, there is no progress, unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.